And hello and welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is a full-service business consulting firm that provides, now say it with me, David, business plan creation and review, marketing plans, you'll be tested on this afterwards. Thank you. Marketing implementation, process automation, accounting, payroll processing, CRM design and implementation, and most importantly, business technology strategy consulting and implementation. Very good. Say that three times fast. (laughs) The host of your show today is David Wilkins with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And today you're going to be talking, David, about financial statements and how they relate to small business. I am. And ha- actually, Happy New Year. This is my first show back for the year. Well, New Happy year. New Year to After, you as well. You know, have taken care of my wife uh, from her partial knee replacement when she took care of me with my hip replacement last yeah, year. Yeah, the whole Wilkins family you know, getting the whole major overhaul. <laughs> that's right. You're that's new right. and improved in 2008. Yeah, uh, better uh, living. 2018. Th- 2018. Better living through engineering. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's start with financial statements. Why are they important to small businesses? Well, you know, speaking of uh, Happy New Year, this this being the January and coming up at, towards the end of January, this is the time where financial statements are getting prepared by, every, hopefully every small business is preparing theirs or already has them prepared unless for they want to be 2017. Visit, unless they want to be visited by the IRS later well, this year. Uh, amongst other things. But yeah, that's exactly right. That's, uh, that is. And but the reality is, I think, from what we've seen and, and talking to a lot of folks that we work with, and in, in particularly in the, in the business planning arena, they're looking to start businesses and so forth. When we do the financial projections, we really, a lot of them struggle with understanding the numbers. And what we have found is really there's a lot of small business owners who really do not understand what financial statements are all about and how important they really are to the business. And also what their limitations are. They're not the end all and be all to, to measuring how, how profitable and successful a business is and so forth. But um, that's, there's, so there's an awful lot to it. But answer, to answer that question, why are they especially important to small businesses? Well, the reality is they're, they're important to businesses of all sizes. The thing about it is businesses, as they grow, they either have hired the, the accounting staff, they can prepare them. Uh, they've got the managers in place to understand how to use them. They've engaged with the larger accounting firms to, to do their audits and prepare their, their taxes and so forth. So, so the, the experience is there. But for those small business folks who are just getting started or have been in business for a few years who, you know, at most they've got a bookkeeper or hired an accounting firm or bookkeeping firm to, to take care of their books, you know, that's, you know, they're not getting into the details and they're probably not, they don't even know what questions to ask to, to understand what does this really mean? Other than fact is just keep me out of trouble with the IRS, you know? So, but the reality is they can be a, a real value. Um, the problem is that, as I said, most small businesses really don't understand what the financial statements are. They may have heard of a income statement or a PL, profit and loss statement, something like that. They they don't understand what all the statements are. They don't know how to read them. Let me let me back up a second. Yeah, the PL and, and and those statements you just met, are are those all under the classification of financial statements? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about exactly what 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 I'm defining as the okay. financial statements here in just a second. Uh they go over them. But you know, they don't know how to read them even when they get them. You know, there's, this, there's a lot of numbers. And what do they all mean? Uh, 
what's the information they contain? In other words, yeah, they, there's a lot of information, a lot of data there, if you will. But, you know, until you figure out how to work with that data, it's not really information. So understanding what the, what it, what the numbers are telling. Um, also the limitations. They're, you know, just because you've got a good set of uh, financial statements to work with, you don't know, they, that's not all to, that you need in order to monitor how well your business is doing. So some people put too much reliance on them and, and that, that could be a mistake as well. Uh, it's also important to understand how they can help them and help the business to grow and be successful, but also how they can hurt the business if they're not used properly. And just because you've got a accounting firm or a bookkeeping firm doing the work for you doesn't solve the problem. Because again, you still need to know what they, what, what it all means and how it affects your business. I guess that would be the easy way out to have the CPA or financial person just handle your statements, but you do need to know what's in those statements. So it sounds like it's, it's a real problem if you don't know what they are. Well, it, it really is. And let's just talk about who all needs to know what your business is all about and how, and how many people really ultimately at the end of the day could be touching or looking at those financial statements uh, that are that are all part and parcel to how you uh, operate your business. I mean, first of all, it starts obviously with the business owners and the managers that, so they can get a sense of how, how the business is, is running and how well it's doing. Um, you know, if you're looking at investors or you already have investors, they're going to be wanting to see those numbers as well. Uh, bankers and lenders. Again, you may already have uh, loans, but if you're going to the bank to, to get a loan, they're going to be wanting, they're going to be wanting a good set of financial statements that goes back a number of years. Credit card processors, again, setting up accounts with them to, to do your credit card processing. And many times they want background information to validate that you are a going concern and that you are a legitimate company. Obviously, as we talked about the IRS, so you've got your tax preparation, um, but there's a lot of other agencies within the government and, and whether it's federal or state that uh, you may be dealing with that will require uh, financial statement information. Uh, interestingly enough, a lot of times employees are, are going to want to know because again, part of, you know, if there, if there is some, some sort of a profit sharing plan that, that that's in place that they want to, they want to know how the, how well the company's doing so they can, you know, how, now that's going to influence what their, their share of the profit distribution might be. Um, as well as, as uh, potential employees, you know, you know, a, a wise candidate is out there looking at a lot of information about a company before they, they join. And one of the things they would be looking at is what's the financial status of this company. Uh, you certainly don't want to go jumping on board with a company that is on the verge of declaring bankruptcy, for example. Not, not a good move. That gives me reason to pause, though. I'm not aware yeah. of any companies that would freely offer financial statements if an employee asked for one. I, would, I, I don't know if there's a negative part to it, but typically that's more private information. It, 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 it is to a degree. But again, it's a question of how well the company is run. Because the more information that employees have, and again, it's a question of how you distribute that information. Uh, but the more information the company or the, the employees have about their companies, the companies they work for, the more they become invested 
in in terms of uh, helping the company be successful. Because if they see where 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 the 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 strengths and the weaknesses are, for example, um, you know they they can understand why. Well, maybe we weren't able to give you a, a great raise this year because profits weren't weren't all that great. Right, and I'm thinking that this may be a whole other show. That's David, a whole other show. Where, yeah, you know, if, if, <laughs> exactly. if everything is healthy, you're, you you may be willing to share it. Yeah. If it's not too healthy, you don't want to scare folks away from not you know joining the organization. Oh yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a lot. So you're right. That this is a whole, whole other, other show. But just to, just to give you a sense that that again, this is another whole audience that may be in, in, interested in seeing what's going on. Um, and then, the, but you also have your your vendors and suppliers, especially those who you might be buying on credit. Right. And, you know, they're going to want to make sure that you're going to be in a position you can pay back. That and, I and understand. Then, yeah, that one you understand. Right. And also customers. Customers also want to know. That you're still going to be in business. Exactly. A year from now. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, I don't think uh, there's anybody that touches a business in one way, shape, or form, ultimately, that I haven't, t- I haven't mentioned. I don't think. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. I was scratching my head on that one last night, too, just saying, if I missed anybody. So, so you've given us reasons why every business, regardless of size, needs to have a financial statement. As you said, most bigger businesses already have that in place. It's, right. So we're really concentrating on the smaller businesses and, and, and the business owners. So we know why it's important to have it and why you need it. What exactly, it's a broad term financial statements. What exactly, what statements are we talking about? Yeah. Let's, what information? Let's, okay. Let's, let's talk about those. The, there are really, there's a lot of different statements that can, that can fall under that blanket, but I'm going to focus on the top three and the top three are the income statement, the balance sheet and the cash flow statement. Now they go they go by a number of different names. Uh, for example, the income statement, as I mentioned earlier, can also go by the uh, you know P and L or profit and loss statement. Um, the balance sheet uh, is also more more formally known as the statement of financial position, and and then the and the cash flow statement. The cash flow statement pretty much speaks for itself, but it's also known as the statement of sources and uses. Either way, it's still money coming in, money going out. But that's those are those are the, uh, the the top three, and you can break those out into more detail. And break and, and for example, in the balance sheet, you can break that out and have a retained a, a retained earnings statement or an equity statement. So there's a lot of sub subdivisions that you can make, but the the top three are, are those. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about each one of those, and. Uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to get so so far into this that uh, I know there'll be definitely more more information that we can talk about in another show. So we'll but we'll, we'll we'll make get through what we can. Uh, the income statement, which is probably the one most people look at, and and is the one that most people are least familiar with, is the whole whole purpose of that one is to provide a way to measure your revenue and your business expenses. You know, the, the, everybody's heard the statement, the bottom line, you know, and that bottom line effectively is the difference between your revenues and your expenses. And the whole idea is for any business, you want that to be a positive number. Now, getting there, that, that's a whole nother story uh, because there's a lot of different pieces and parts to a 
a well-prepared income statement and they start with the, the, the sales or your revenues. You know, how do you, how are you making money? How are you generating the money that this business uh, is, is running? Now, this is also holds true, incidentally, for not-for-profits. So it's, strict, it's not just a, a uh, for, you know, for-profit businesses that, the, that an income statement or any of these statements are uh, of use because it applies to not-for-profits uh, like 501c3s, for example, just as well. But how you, yes, again, you start out with your, your revenues, the, the sources of the income that are coming in, how you generate the money that uh, the organization is, intend, is in business to, uh, to generate. Then you've got what is known as your, your cost of goods sold. And the cost of goods sold is a specific set of expenses that are directly associated with the effort to generate that revenue. So you need the t- types of things you're talking about, you know, particularly cost of goods sold in a, in a retail business, for example, would be the inventory that you buy that you then turn around and sell at a markup. So the part, your, your major, in major cost of goods sold expense for a retailer, for example, is going to be the, the cost of the inventory that you're selling. Uh, in manufacturing, then you get into a lot of different uh, different costs. They include materials, direct labor, uh, freight, plant plant uh, managers that are they're directly involved in the manufacturing process, and uh, other costs that are directly associated with the actual manufacturing of a specific product. And there's a whole there's a whole another type of accounting called cost accounting that's, that gets involved in that. So any small business that's, that really starts growing their manufacturing process needs to be looking at a whole lot more than just the, the basic statements. But we'll, again, another show. Um, now, just if you take those two numbers, the sales and the gross profit, or the sales and cost of goods sold, that calculates your gross profit. And that basically says, this is how much I'm making on just the actual selling of the, of the product or service and what it costs me to make or, or deliver that product or service. Everything else left over covers the rest of the cost of running the business plus the expected profit. Right. Does not directly maybe touch the product itself, but you still have to have Maybe an office. Exactly. Where you pay rent. Yep. You've got to have an administration. Yes. Uh, you might be marketing for your product. Exactly. So yep. it's not the actual product itself, but things that support the product. You got it. See, I'm learning. I'm a quick learn. All righty. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> hey, we maybe we will, we'll, we'll have a, te- a reverse test at the end well, of this. Well, I mean, I, I mean I'm, you're a small, doing fine. You're doing I'm a small fine. business owner. So, that's I, mean, right. I'm, I mean, this is stuff that's pertinent to me. So I'm exactly. listening. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Taking notes. Exactly. So if you have any questions, yeah, feel free. Yeah. Um, then with from that gross profit, then we start talking about the other the expenses we take out, uh, operating expenses. And you just listed a whole series of them. That there would be the rent, uh, property taxes, employee salaries that, uh, for example, reception or, or your accounting staff. Um, I I noticed it was interesting because in the, in the list I'm looking at salaries of say your receptionist or your marketing manager would be operating expenses, but the actual plant manager 
his salary is connected more to the cost of goods. It can be. It can be. It, it, because what would end up happening, for example, if you had multiple products, then you would be, then you start looking at how you allocate the cost of those, those expenses, like say it. his salary across the different product lines. If you had an assembly line, people that are actually putting it together, putting together your widget, that might be, that be, might be more cost of goods right. as opposed to operating expense. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. That that's it. Because those those folks that are again directly touching it. Right. Uh, directly touching the are product. Are there some gray areas though where you, I might want to put them in this category? I guess that comes down to having a conversation with your your bookkeeper, your CPA, your financial person. Yes. And you know that 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 raises a whole another interesting point. Oh, another think, show. Another show. Yes, exactly. But it, it just it really I think a lot of people think that the financial statements are very very precise. And, you know, and, and very accurate in many respects. But the, in, interestingly enough, I, I'd say accounting to a certain degree is a lot like medicine. You know, it, you practice it and you, there are judgments. You know, you, you, you know, to your point, there are some, everything is not crystal clear and there is not a either or. There can be some scenarios for expenses that you could, you can do things differently. There are different te- there are different ha- ways of of handling uh, expenses. So yeah, it's uh, every every organization can be a little different. I was just gonna say maybe different from company to company. Exactly. But, but we still have the basics, right? You here. still have the basics, right? Right. It, you know, it, at some at some point, you have to have to have accounted for all of your expenses, all of your revenue, all your expenses. It's a question of where they they fall, um, and and within that. Again, you, you, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the operating expenses. Um, another one that gets in there is, is and this, this can be a real, real pain. This, if can, you will. this can confuse people because it's not cut and dry. It's not cut and dry. And that's why, that's maybe why some, some folks are even trying to, to, to shy away from trying to learn too much about it when, in fact, they re- still need to know. And what we're talking about is? Depreciation. Yeah. Depreciation is, and there's, and it's, and it's a stepsister, if you will, amortization, because these are, you think about it, you've, you've purchased some assets like a building, like machinery, and, or you, you've bought a, uh, you spent a lot of money on branding, for example, um, or you bought a franchise and you've got a franchise fee. You know, those, there, there's a way that you are, you can expense those costs over a period of time. Uh, you can't deduct them all in one year. The IRS doesn't allow that. Uh, but you can expense them as their quote unquote useful life is, is evolved or is, is actually uh, consumed as an expense. And that's considered a non-cash expense, but it's considered an expense. And there's a there's probably more ways to fa- calculate uh, depreciation than, uh, I, you know, it's just, it's mind boggling. And if you try and figure out what, how the, how the IRS has come up with all these different ways and they've just changed with the new tax laws. So, you know, and this is the reason fewer and fewer people probably do their own tax exactly. forms and income statements. Exactly. Because exactly. if it came down just to revenue and then your costs, whether it be the cost of goods sold or your operating expenses, most people can figure that out. It's 
more cut and dry, black and white. Exactly. Oh, Depreciation. Yeah. Oh. That's where you, you start seeing people's eyes glaze over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that's even 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 accountants' eyes glaze over when they come to that one. So, <laughs> oh, spent a lot of time. Now, once you've figured out all your operating expenses, you deduct that from your gross profit, and now you've got your operating profit, and that really gives you a good sense of what does it take to run the business on a day to day basis or month to month basis, as it were, um, in terms of just the, the normal day-to-day operations, but that's not all. Now you've got those special conditions that, that pop up every now and then, or you've got those, what we call the other income and expenses. Those are those things that are not part of normal operations. Uh, one of those that interestingly falls in that area are, and, and two of them really, one of which it gets its own treatment a little later, that being taxes, but the other one is interest interested on any loans that you've taken out, whether it's a mortgage on the building or equipment loans or, or the inventory financing, um, you know, you know, floor plans for auto dealers and things like that. The, normally that interest is, de- is deducted as an other expense um, because it's more dealing with finance, the financing of the business as opposed to the operations of the business, if that makes any sense. Um, after that, if you did, and, and also if you've got any one-time special one-time charges uh, that that you might have, um, maybe a renovation that takes place, some of which you capitalize, some of which you expense. You know, you may treat that as a as a, a other expense as opposed to putting it in directly into the operations as repairs and maintenance. That way, then you've got a way to track anything that's unusual and highlight it. That gives you your net profit before taxes. And then you've got your taxes, which are always treated separately. And from there, you basically have your net income. And that's the quote unquote bottom line. So with that, we've gotten through the income statement. Now, how you read the income statement and get all the information out of that, that is, that could, that could take up the, the rest of the time plus a lot more. But let's just talk real briefly about the other two statements. We'll get started with those and recognizing how, where we are time-wise, we'll probably, I know we'll, we'll, we'll jump into more detail with those in another show. But those are the balance sheet or the statement of financial position and the cash flow statement. All right, let's start with the balance sheet. The balance sheet. Okay, now the balance sheet, this, is, is, this basically is giving the, giving the business owner a snapshot of where the company is relative to its assets, its liabilities and the owner's equity. And it's a real easy way to to I, I say easy, but essentially there there's a there's a real simple calculation that that comes into play. Your assets, which is essentially what the company owns minus the liabilities, which is what the company owes equals owner's equity. It almost sounds like, okay, what's the net worth of the business? Like, like with an individual. Exactly. What do you own minus what you owe 
Now we come up with your net worth. That's that's a that's a good way a good way to understand it. So I'm trying to figure out how is it different from the income statement and what you just said made me think of it that way. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's significantly different because an income statement is changing a, on a regular basis, and that's reflecting income coming in, income going out, or expenses going out. The balance sheet is really more of a a point in time position of what assets you own, how much you owe, and what's left over. I hope this is not a dumb question. So if somebody asked you, what's your business worth? Would you go to the balance sheet? Is that the same thing of you know, whatever it says on the balance sheet? That's what your business is worth is or no? Oh, that's another show. Uh, okay. Yeah, but no, there's, there, there, are a, there are a multitude of ways to actually value a business. But, but one of the fundamental ways of valuing a business is, is basically taking your assets, subtracting off your expenses. And that's whatever is left over is essentially the quote unquote net worth. All righty. So let's talk a little bit about the way the balance sheet is broken up. And we talk about the, we've got our assets, liabilities, and, and owner's equity. The asset side of the balance sheet, and the re- reason why you call it the asset side of the balance sheet is because assets needs to equal your liabilities and owner's equity. So that's, that's, where the, that's where the term came from. Now, the first section of the balance sheet starts with your current assets. And these are assets that the business basically can convert to cash in one year or less. So these are, these are the, your highly liquid assets, as it were. And they would include, obviously, cash would be one. Uh, any stocks or other investments that the company may own that they can basically easily convert into cash. In other words, they could sell quickly. Um, Accounts receivable, which you should be collecting on a regular basis from your customers, or if not, you can can go through and factor those as a way to get get money uh, using a factoring agency. Um, Your inventory, which again, hopefully you can, you've got good inventory that your customers want that they'll be buying so that you're you're converting that into cash quickly. Uh, Prepaid expenses, which are, for example, you might be uh, paid a, a month in advance in your rent or something like that uh, because of, or a special deal that you could get a, a special deal on a, an expense if you paid it off in advance, uh, you know, that you know you're going to be consuming that within a, within a short period of time. <clears throat> and then the accounts receivable. And accounts receivable is that money that your customers owe you that is not that where you, where you've got them set up on some sort of a, a, a an account plan or a credit plan that they're that you know you're you're billing them out. Another one that you could look at that, that it also can fall into that category again depending depending upon how you account for it would be uh, credit card sales. So those those are the the your current assets. Um, your fixed assets, which are those assets that can't be converted or are not planned to be converted into cash within a year, uh, and those may those are those are what I think most people think of are your your fixed assets, and those fixed assets include land, building, machinery, equipment, furniture, and fixtures, uh, leasehold improvements, for example. And there can be also intangible assets. That would be your 
So say, for example, a, uh, a franchise fee or what's also known as goodwill. If you've purchased a company and the purchase value was much more than its net worth there, you know, that's where you would end up with, um, with so, some intangibles. So in other words, if you have, if you own Coke compared to Joe's soft drinks, just the, the Coke name and brand is, would be considered an, an intangible asset that is much, that is worth a lot more than this no name brand over here. Yes. Yes. And no, I mean, yes, it would be if, if for example, Coke decided to sell. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Coke, the Coke brand itself is worth a lot. So you're buying the brand. And so that would mean that you're, you're spending more for the company than what the assets. You might, you might buy Joe's soda company over here and it's the same product. Right. But obviously it does not have the brand awareness, the brand name, the, the goodwill. Exactly. You got it. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right, boy, you are, you're, 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 you're picking up quickly. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. So you got fixed assets. Fixed asset. Then you got your other your current assets. assets. And there's, so there's another third. And there's a third asset, right. set of assets. And these, these we call the, like a really great name, other assets, you know, very descriptive. And, and that's, that's really that catch all for some of those uh, strange uh, items that, that people have. But in many respects, that's also very true in small businesses. For example, the cash value of any life insurance that is taken out on employees, um, you know, long-term investments that you might have. And again, a lot of small businesses don't have necessarily long-term investments, but you know, there may be some that do. And there may be also compensation due from employees. You know, those, the, it's a form of accounts receivable. Now, recognizing we, where we are time-wise, you know, we've got a lot to cover. But I'll just quickly go over and just just high, highlight the other side. You've got on the liabilities, you've got your current liabilities, which essentially are your liabilities that are going to be paid off in a year or less. You've got your long-term, and that would be your accounts payable, tax, taxes, uh, and any, any, any current, the current portion of your mortgage or, or, or long-term debt. And any accrued expenses to uh, and taxes and any amounts due to employees or stockholders, for example, you got your long-term liabilities and that's all your, those long-term debts that are on the books, for example, mortgages, equipment loans, things like that, that have a maturity date beyond one year. Okay. And then finally, you got your owner's equity. And that owner's equity section is basically two parts. And that's what the invest, what the owners have invested in the company and the retained earnings. And the retained earnings is essentially that the net of the income, that net, that net income from the income statement, that gets the, that portion of that's left over that net income gets added to retained earnings. Okay. So those are the three parts of a balance sheet. Yes. Assets liabilities and owner's equity. You got it. All right. All right. I got you. All righty. So we've, we've talked about income statements. Yep. You just talked about what a balance sheet is. Yep. The third financial document that's a big deal that everybody should know about is a cash flow statement. Cash flow statement. And we'll save that for the next show. We will save that for the next show. And because there's a lot to go over with cash flow and it's probably even more important than the other two. Really? Yes. That's called a teaser right there. You just you teased did. everybody <laughs> to have to listen to the next show. Absolutely. All right. Well, David, David Wilkins again with uh, 
Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And we're talking about financial statements and how important they are to small business. And we've already talked about two of the three major financial statements. The income statement was first. We just completed talking about the balance sheet. The next show, we'll talk about cash flow statements. There you go. And maybe more. I'm sure there will be more. There there will be more. Great. All right. Well, David, thank you very much. Great. And thank you. And to find out more about Sterling Rose Consulting, you can go to our website at www.sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com or contact us at 678-996-1312 or info at sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com.